Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Major League Baseball season is back. And like most pro sports, they've tried to stop the spread of COVID by doing away with the kiss cam. One of the few things not canceled by allegations of sexual assault. (laughs) It's April, which means it's International Guitar Month. It's the only month of the year where a bass player can actually get laid by his band's groupies. (laughs) It's also Autism Awareness Month. I know this because I've been reminded of it every day this month by the same person. (laughs) A House ethics investigation of Florida Congressman Matt Gates is underway. If he gets thrown out of Congress, he may have a future in podcasts. Between his treatment of women and delusions of grandeur, it's a given that his first appearance will be one of many on the Joe Rogan experience. Missouri Senator Roy Blunt says he wants Biden to slash the proposed budget on his infrastructure bill. I want Roy Blunt to slash his own neck. (laughs) 
<laughs> My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell says he's lost $65 million because of his ties to Trump. I'd respond by saying, sleep on it, Mike. You'll feel better in the morning. <laughs> now Mike Lindell is creating a new social media site with an emphasis on free speech, but with no cursing or taking the Lord's name in vain. Free speech with all those restrictions? That's like being on Parler and not being able to share articles written by white supremacists. <laughs> Dennis Prager, the talk show host, was quoted as saying, the left is evil, the right is mostly comatose. If that was remotely true, then why do conservatives not shut the fuck up? They're like a deer that keeps running after it's been shot in the head. And on that note, on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello. Hey, Tom. Jeff, Abby, welcome back. What's been going on with you guys? Oh, well, uh, the weather's beautiful today. It hasn't, hasn't been raining, and, uh, but I, I continuously get outraged by the fact that Maryland has a congressman who is vying to be stupider, be more outrageous than Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or anyone else in Congress. And that, of course, is Andy Harris of District 1. Yeah, my congressman. Or rather, the member of Congress who represents the district in which I happen to live. He was one of the few that voted against honoring the uh, members of the Capitol Police who fought so bravely on January 6th. But he wants to honor all the police that have fought against Black Lives Matter. That, that says a lot about uh, his character. Well, it ties in quite nicely because like, I think he voted against the measure because it referred to what his fellow Trump supporters did as an insurrection. And, you know, God forbid they get called out for that. Yes, I'm, I'm reading uh, something about a re redrawing the map, the congressional map, which would take his district from pro-Trump to very uh from very red to very blue. And I'm not, not normally in favor of these things, but in this case, I'd make an exception. <laughs> it's like roaches. You're never really going to be able to get rid of them, though. I know. <laughs> I, I live near these people. This is, my, this is literally my neighborhood. Um, is this the guy that I think that there was a picture floating around Facebook where he like smeared a bunch of dirt on his face intentionally and was like, you know, fighting the fight at Capitol. Like he... I, I don't, it was really bad. It was. No, this is a state senator who lives, uh, his district is right next to, right, right next to mine. And the interesting thing is, uh, his name is Bob Cassily, and he's the state senator for a district that's, it has some suburban parts in it. Like it has mostly white neighborhoods, but he also represents like uh, majority minority communities in Harford County. So we were looking for ways to go ahead and energize the base in that county to try and maybe get him out. And it turns out we may not even need to do that. He's just done it himself. So <laughs> thanks, Senator. Abby, what's been going on with you? Yeah, I've been, I've been following the trial this week. Uh, obviously, that's kind of the big news, that, uh, at least in my world. And um, so I have an interesting kind of connection that I thought I would tell you all about um, to it. It's not my connection, a colleague of mine who does forensic psychology work and does a lot of work um, on innocence projects and things like that, a lot of work around um, bias in the justice system. So he recently published a paper with a bunch of coroners where they showed bias in cause of death 
determinations by coroners, uh, racial bias. And so this has been out for a couple of months now, but it's really coming back into the news cycle because a lot of the testimony in this week's trial was about the cause of death. And we had several you know, coroners uh, give various sides of the process on that. But my friend and colleague and his uh, co-authors are at this point getting like death threats from these old coroners who are trying to shut this whole research study down, have it redacted from the journal it was published in because it, it showed pretty definitively that race is a factor in cause of death determinations. Um, but anyway, I think it's just really interesting because I, I would be pretty scared and not, not normally if a bunch of like old racist white men were, were mad at me. Occupational hazard in your instance. But coroners, uh, they've got to know how to bury a body. So I might take that threat a little bit more seriously coming from that group. Plus, it's it, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Why do they want to create more work for themselves? <sighs> Last week, I got my uh, my COVID shot, my one and done. I got the uh, Johnson and Johnson shot, and I found out that uh, well, I, I kind of knew this, but I'm I'm scared shitless of needles. So, in order to cope with the fear of being stuck by a needle while getting the shot. I hummed the last song that I heard uh, on my car radio before I got out to get the shot, which was the song Uncle John's Band by the Grateful Dead. And then later it dawned on me singing a song by the Grateful Dead <laughs> while somebody injects you full of drugs is a great way to cope. It's very fitting. And of but course, you- I didn't I, I had the most serious side effect I had afterwards was I felt achy the, the whole following day. So warning, if you want to get high off the coronavirus uh, vaccine, the only yeah. buzz you'll get is you'll feel like you're 90 years old. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> with the QAnon movement out of the lead story of news organizations, it gives them time to regroup and come out with new theories about why every prediction they had was a total failure and why they would have had better luck coaching teams like the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Jets. They will, however, be empowered by their allies in Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's a good thing Marjorie Taylor Greene has been kicked off of her committees and now only speaks a short time on the House floor. If she went longer, I wouldn't be able to listen to her because I tend to scream during my orgasms. Speaking of screaming during orgasms, Florida Congressman and rogue Make-A-Wish volunteer Matt Gates once said that Marjorie Taylor Greene's press conference where she argued with a reporter about renouncing her conspiracy claims was so good it made him want to smoke a cigarette afterwards. Hearing that, I've never been more in favor of the advancement of cancer. Joining us tonight to discuss QAnon, Davin Rosenblatt. Hey, guys. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for bringing me in on the um, cancer joke. Always (laughs) always setting me up for success. Just like when we were on the road, Tom. Nothing ever changes. Follow that. Get him angry and now Davin. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) You do a lot of stuff on your podcast about scamming scammers. Yep. Uh, so, of course, I wanted to go ahead and bring you in with a discussion of QAnon. Listen, I, I probably have a different take than um, a lot of people that would be on this show or just a lot of people out there. I, I look at uh, people who fall victims to uh, things like QAnon or scams or Donald Trump or you fall in love with any politician. Could be Barack Obama. Uh, you're looking for something. Something's missing in your life. Uh, y- your life is probably out of control. Accepting responsibility for the for where you are is probably a little bit too difficult 
and somebody or something claims to have all the answers. And if you just follow this dialogue or join me on this path, it's all going to get better. Uh, so I think that's what QAnon is. I mean, it seems a lot, a lot, you got to realize in our country, a lot of people are disillusioned with our government. Government has failed. You, there's all sorts of reasons why government has failed, but a lot of people are in dire straits, people on the left, people on the right, people that are minorities, people that are white. So this type of thing um, appeared to disenfranchise white people predominantly. It, it, to them, Donald, if you don't look into research on Donald Trump, Donald Trump is the American dream. If you look into uh, research on Donald, Donald Trump, he's the American version of an African scammer. But these people didn't do a do do version. They think, all right, well, if we just QAnon is helping Donald Trump, if we just play along, we, too, can have uh, immigrant ex-wives. The QAnon movement gained steam owing to the empowerment of their biggest supporter being in the White House for four years. With their ilk suddenly out of power, they are left scrambling to salvage what remains of their base, even to the point of Q's identity potentially being accidentally revealed, as we can see in this HBO documentary. Ron hadn't just been participating in Q research. It sounded like he was leading it. Yeah, so thinking back on it, like uh, it's basically, it was basically three years of intelligence training, teaching normies how to do intelligence work. It's basically what I was doing anonymously before, but never as Q. See that smile? Ron had slipped up. He knew it, and I knew it. And after three tireless years of cat and mouse, well... <laughs> never, never as cute, I promise. <laughs> never as cute. Because okay. I am not cute. <clears throat> it never was. If these were real intelligence gathering groups, like that guy would have been shot dead by a sniper right there on camera. And the interviewer would have been found dead with the crime scene set up to look like he died from autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> That's their leader, right, Tom? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, he revealed it and then he just kind of walked himself back do you very badly. Do you yes, think there's multiple cues or do you think it's like just one person? It has to be multiple ones. I mean, they come up with all these different theories about what's supposed to happen. I mean, it's, it's probably just, I, I would like to think that QAnon is a really avant-garde improv troupe and they, they come up with all these explanations. Okay, now Donald Trump will become president on March 4th when a spaceship that has just stopped off at Safeway brings yes. uh, jugs of water. Yes, and... <laughs> it makes sense so far. Uh, that, that's great, Tom. Are, are written sort of, you know, syntactically. It's a lot of and then, yes, and then. So yeah, there's there's a lot of run-on sentences, just like a very long improv game that should end. Tom, More like Donald Trump speeches. <laughs> see, Tom, that what you just said should have been already, and if not, should be the basis of the, of a Saturday Night Live sketch because it would be better than anything they've had all season. That was terrific. As much fun as it can be watching the shit show that is supporters of Trump and QAnon trying to explain their theories, it's even more fun watching their heads fucking explode when you ask them to provide evidence of their beliefs or statements, as we can see in this CNN clip with Donnie O'Sullivan. What, what's going on with Tom Hanks? <laughs> so you guys just want me to explain everything today, huh? Dude, it's all suspicion. 
That's that's suspicion. How do you know that Tom Hanks says How do you not know? You're proving a negative. non-fact. Because you, do you don't know the information, you're saying it's but a neither, fact that they're not. But neither do you. We're in an impasse then, because we're reporting literally the same thing. But neither do you. But you have him on your sign. You're calling him a pedophile. Yes. But you don't know that for a fact. How do they get to that position of power? I mean, this is like every single argument on Facebook almost. Only it's just, it's a live version of it now. No, you know what it is? It's a belief system. It's just like religion. You're asked to believe. Once people buy in, you know, God, God could be merciful. God could be vengeful. God could be whatever you want. Whenever something bad happens, you know, you pray to God. When something good happens, you thank God. It's a belief system. These people believe. That's what it is. Now, the real issue is how do we get people not to believe things like this? How, how, do you, how do you make a society better where we can actually provide a better way for them, where people actually want to do research, where people actually want to critically think? That's, that's what the issue is. We've always had conspiracy theories. People don't want to critically think anymore. It's difficult. It is hard. We don't invest in uh, journalism anymore. Now we even, with this movement, journalism is the enemy. We got a bigger problem than QAnon. QAnon is going to come and go. There'll be something else afterwards. Well, I sort of came of age when the movie JFK came out. And you know, even then, I mean, the conspiracy theories are surrounding his, uh, surrounding his assassination, they were at least you know, reasonable. Like you could look at uh, the various bits of evidence that was out there. You could dissect little, little sections of the Warren report. And mm-hmm. you, know, you could see the, the various inconsistencies. Like you could uh, uh, understand that the magic bullet theory was complete bullshit. So, I mean, it's, it was a lot more critical than now. It's just a lot more emotion-based. And it's pretty much because of, because of one guy. No, the, the, they're symptoms. They're symptoms. People have been upset for a long time, and they, people get ignored. I mean, the group. Listen, yes, Trump appealed to racists. Nobody on this panel is going to argue that. But he also appealed to a lot of people that feel like they've been left behind. Let's let, let's be honest. I mean, you know, you a lot of Americans look down at people that aren't doing well. These people are not doing well now. Would I think Donald Trump would be their savior? No. But he pretended to be the savior. These people need help. And, uh, you know, we got it. Like I said, we got to get people educated. The media can't be looked at as the enemy. Uh, The media has to do a better job, though, too. There's there's a lot of issues. I, you know, I'm probably more sympathetic to the people of of QAnon than you would have expected. I'm sure you kind of like expected I would come in there and rip them a new one. And there's plenty of reasons to. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, (laughs) I feel bad and it's probably because I've dealt with so many scammer victims where I've had where I show them evidence and they'll make excuse for the scammers and I'll continue to show them evidence and it'll go on for weeks and months. I've I've dealt with people that were suicidal and they would only talk to me about it and I would show them that they were being scammed. And even then, after they realized they were being scammed, they were still sympathetic to the scammer. So I understand some of the mental pain anguish these people are in. Now, most of them will deny this. They'll go, no, what are you talking about? I'm perfectly happy, but that's okay. People who are dating, who think they're dating scammers are perfectly happy until one day they wake up and they realize what they've done. So yeah, I feel really bad for it. I feel, I feel scared for our country that so many of our fellow citizens can fall for this nonsense because it is nonsense. Let's just be honest about it. If there was somebody in the White House or in security working with Donald Trump, do you think Donald Trump could keep his big mouth shut? No, he'd be telling everybody. He'd tell him on the porch at Mar-a-Lago. He would, he would tell the press. He would whisper in the ear to the My Pillow guy. Donald Trump can't keep his mouth shut. Well, he showed, he showed spy photos of 
North Korea to anybody who was around at a party at Mar-a-Lago who wanted yes. to see him. Yes. And remember when he had um, when he had Russia in the White House in the first like couple of months and he was like giving his way Israeli secrets. That's what I'm saying. That's how, you know, it's ludicrous. It's supposed to be this thing that is helping Donald Trump and Donald. Oh, I don't know what they are when he, when he says that. Yes, he has no idea what they are. We need to take his, the man at this word, because if it was real and they were really helping Donald Trump, he'd be bragging about it nonstop. But you can't make up your own facts. And that's what these people do. And you can be. You can sympathize uh, all you want, but they have they have a belief system. Okay, mm -hmm. I don't agree with them. I don't agree with most Republicans, say, but I have a different belief system than they do. But these people have a, have different sets of facts, and so they're not facts. They have you can't have two sets of facts. You can have two sets of opinions, so you can't have two sets of facts. So. This clown is saying, well, Tom Hanks did this or Tom Hanks did that. And the, the uh, interviewer said, uh, how do you know it's true? And, how do you, and, and the response was, how do you know it's not true? So how do you argue with that? Abby, how do you argue with that? Hey, look, I think we're all saying the same thing here. I think we all want the same thing, which is we want to make conspiracy theories great again. <laughs> Plus, also, there's something to consider where people who are being scammed, they might know it themselves. They just don't want to tell anybody. Like, they know all of these theories are ludicrous. They know that the whole Trump will become president again on March 4th will be, it, it was that it was bullshit. Mm -hmm. But do they just not want to? I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, Davin. They literally don't want to admit, and you sort of touched upon this early, they don't want to admit they've been scammed or they've been led down some yeah. kind of a rabbit hole. Can I ask a question Do you? I follow, I, I partially, I study and I research leadership and I teach leadership and what part of the fact of, or faction within that that interests me is destructive leadership. So I, I know a lot of cult stories mm -hmm. and there's sort of a parallel to the susceptible follower aspect of a destructive leadership situation that's similar to what you're talking about with the scamming. Um, but then there's this other element of like a lot of doomsday cults, they push back the doomsday and they push it back and it, right. doesn't, come and it doesn't come And that also sort of has these QAnon elements where if it doesn't happen, well, it's just right around the corner and there's an explanation because ah, I was using, I forgot about leap year. And so actually it's going to be, you know, um, what, uh, sort of overlaps do you see with the scammer stuff and like the, you know, destructive cult leader kind of doomsday? Well, I mean, I think all scammers cult leaders, conspiracy theories, what they all have in common, they all, what they all do the tool is they figure out a person's psychology. So they make you like them. And then they become the only quote, trusted source. Donald Trump did this. Donald Trump said, don't believe your eyes and what you say. He gave it in one of the speeches when he was talking about the media. Don't believe what you're seeing. That's what the QAnon people are doing. Come to us. We're the only ones that can interpret what's going on. That's what scammers do. Scammers isolate you from your family and your loved ones. So they become the only source. So to go to Jeff's point, Jeff's like, we have different facts. Yes, because their source of information is much different than ours. And they don't believe our information is real information because somebody has convinced them that everything, everybody else is trying to harm them 
and our, I am the one true source. So it has, it has a lot in common. And it, it, destructive leadership, yeah, it's destructive, all right? Except if you're the leader. It works out really well if you're the leader of that. <laughs> if you're the guy at the top spoon feeding everybody all this bullshit. Then yeah, yeah, well, that, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. A lot of those guys end up in jail, so. Yeah, but you know what? They have a great run until it happens. As more details of those responsible with storming the Capitol on January 6th come out, we can see that they have a lot of practice making themselves look like deplorable idiots on social media. In this YouTube documentary released a couple of years before the election, we are introduced to one of the future insurrectionists who went simply by his own unique and therefore stupid nickname. Charlie Donahoe, better known as Yut Yut, who was named after his grandfather, who's not named Yut Yut. I didn't know who he was at first, or quite honestly, I didn't know what, what he was saying half the time. Everybody knows me, Yut Yut. Everybody anywhere that's gonna see and hear Yut Yut, if it goes biblical, like Yut Yut does, then I guess I'll lose my top secret clearance, but fuck it, I don't give a fuck about this shit. I am named after my grandfather. His name is not Yut Yut, so that makes no sense, but whatever. The only things that I care about are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And anyone that doesn't agree with that is a traitor, and they deserve a traitor's death. So fuck them, fuck all that shit. You can edit that shit out, whatever. I'm not specifically the best person to actually be talking because I'm a degenerate ass motherfucker. And sometimes I say a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. I love America and I'm always about America. No matter what the fuck America is about, even if a bunch of traitors take over, because then at least I can kill the traitors. And I don't know what else more to say. He reminds me of every single audience member who's ever wanted to go drinking with me after a show at a fire hall. <laughs> I like those people. I don't like that guy. That guy <laughs> you know, I just try. I just like try to kind of defend the QAnon things. I feel like you set me up. You know, I, I was like, I was like, you know, try to throw them an olive branch, and then you give me yut yut. What am I supposed to do with yut yut? <laughs> All right. So I spaced out a little bit at the beginning of this. Uh, this guy's a new professional wrestler. Is that what's happening? It's a really bad intro to like somebody's new professional wrestling routine. Like he was given his like warm up speech and he was going to go out there with his beard and kick some greasy ass. Let me tell you something, brother. This is Yut Yut here. We're here for America. America, get my two by four. But I hope it's not an eight by six or a three by nine. I'm here, Yut Yut. Not my, not my grandfather's Yut Yut. Yut Yut's going to run wild on you, but I'm not going to run too much because I have a heart condition. Yut Yut said, this is, this is Yut Yut said. <laughs> that should be the way we have to start every conversation from now on. Yut Yut said, and then you have to talk. <laughs> he said, sometimes I say stuff that doesn't matter. And it showed some self-awareness that you wouldn't expect from someone named Yut Yut. <laughs> well, to me, Yut Yut seems like the kind of sage that you'd find when you reach the top of the mountain. But when you start to ask him for advice, he's just returned from his third trip from the liquor store. Right. The pursuit of happiness. Get all the traitors out of your life. They need to die and fuck them. 
I'm not the right sage to be asking these questions right now. <laughs> I mean, what, what am I supposed to do with that, Tom? I mean, re really, how am I supposed to defend that? You, you, you pull up the biggest inbred ginger on the internet after I just defend the, uh, there's nothing I could do. All right. I fold. All right. They're a bunch of morons. I'm going home. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> As a ginger who was raised in a rural County, I feel very offended by that statement. Davin. It was intended to be offensive. Uh -huh. <laughs> Although Trump is out of the white house, the Trump derangement syndrome still promulgates itself throughout the ether of the news and talk media as we can see in this clip from a radio phone-in show. I, I just want to say I'm actually a, a fan of Trump, and I think there's a lot of stuff in the media which, which are lies. Go on. Um, I don't know yourself. You're, you're obviously anti-Trump. You, uh, no, go on. What are the lies that, that, that you're unhappy well, about? Well, no, I just think you even said this morning, you said it's okay for him... What is it, the quote you used? It's okay to be racist again? Yeah. When... when okay, so how do you draw that conclusion? Um, he accused Barack Obama of not having been born in America and lying about his birth certificate. So how's that racist? Birtherism is there's racist because Barack Obama there's, there's, is, is... Well, you can't... I mean, you can talk over me if you want, Stephen, but, but... okay, no, you crack There have been previous on. presidents that have actually been white that have also not been accused of being born in America. So well, was that, that also that, racist? That, that, no, of course it wouldn't be racist. Who, who was that, by the way? Uh, I think a president from 1880. It goes, it goes back over no, no, come on. You're on national radio. You've got your ducks in a row. T tell me about the last time an American president was accused of not being born in America. I've forgotten the names. But it, it, oh, don't it, be silly. Don't tease me. Of course you ago. haven't forgotten the name. You wouldn't, you wouldn't come on the radio and say something and then immediately fall apart in response to the first question you're asked. What, what is it you liked about him, Stephen? I think that he come out and spoke a lot of the truth on stuff. Yeah, what stuff? <laughs> Stephen's hung up. Uh, I expected more out of Stephen. See, that caller reminds me of the time when I was a teacher's assistant, and you could clearly figure out which students didn't prepare like, their, their assignments for the project that particular day, and uh, that's, that caller is clearly an example of that. The Donald Trump movement was a movement of passion. It wasn't a per it wasn't a movement of logic. It wasn't a movement of uh, research. It was a movement of passion. Because, like I said at the top, if you really looked into Donald Trump, you know the guy's a big loser. The guy has failed at everything he's ever done. But if you just watch The Apprentice and believe everything he says, he looks like the American dream. Yeah, to the point of what was that caller arguing, there's a lot of people who needed to explicitly hear X, Y, and Z. Why is birtherism racist? Why is, you know, why were his initial policies on you know, anti-Muslim policies? Why is that racist? And I think anytime people are trying really hard to explain why something isn't racist, it, that's a huge red flag. If you're trying to argue with yourself about why something, someone says something is racist and you're arguing that it, it isn't, I think you just need to stop right there and take a giant step backwards and really reassess things. And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Davin Rosenblatt. Thank you, guys. But before we go, my final thought. My 20th high school reunion is scheduled to be this year, and it may be canceled. Not because of COVID, but because many of my classmates are still die-on-the-wool Trump supporters and racists, and gathering too many of them together might send a red flag to the FBI. 
So now they'll be relegated to complaining about not being able to get together on platforms like Twitch, which if you read the comments out loud, it's a bit like asking your Amazon Echo to read out the comments on your favorite podcast subreddit. I hate crowds of people, so to me, being in a crowd of people is a nightmare. Likewise, being in a crowd of people at a Jimmy Buffett concert is basically two of my versions of hell. Add the fact that it's being held in the setting of a beach party on the Florida coast during spring break, and you've hit my purgatory trifecta. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello and guest Davin Rosenblatt. Theme music by Euron Vandenhurek. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi, everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. 